Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Got it. All right. Let's get the party started. Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today we're interviewing Joseph R. And today's going to be our 85th episode. So we're uh, getting up there. I want to say hello to Joseph. How are you, sir? Good, James. How are you? I'm doing well. So let's dive in. Tell me about growing up. How was your childhood? Um, well, I, I guess you could call it a you know, so-called normal childhood. I had really great parents. Um, they did not get along with each other, but they were great parents to myself, my brother, and my sister. So, what kind and, of things would what kind of things would happen between them? They said they no, weren't they, so nice to each other. Everything, you know, they just, you know, they, I don't know. It went. It must have gone back to before I was even born, and um, you know, things just got worse as it got along. You know, as things went along. But as far as you know, the way they were parenting. Uh, their parenting skills were wonderful, I think, you know, towards the three of us, you know, the three kids. So um, they just, you know, they just fought all the time, but, you know, but, I, you know, I'm sure that stays with you, you know, throughout your life. But, um, you know, that that was it. My father died kind of early, which um, he was kind of like my best friend. We did everything together, sports and sporting events. I mean, he I don't think there was any sporting event he never took me to, you know, just, uh, you know, things at the garden, Shea Stadium, all over the place. And uh, he died because he, um, I mean, he drank, but he didn't, he, I never saw him drunk, but I don't think that was really it. He he smoked like two packs a day. So, you know, and he had a heart condition. So he died and he was like 55. And so, you know, I, I miss him all the time, even, even until now. And I'm 68 years old and it's like, you know, 40 years later but um do you think your dad had an issue with alcohol do you think he would be no I, I really don't think so because it'd be nice when i you know he he wouldn't even have a drink you know there was never any beer in the house um you know just um once in a while i, I i'd see him have a drink but i you know i never like i said i never saw him slur a word in my life i never saw you know and um, they were nice. We'd spend together and days and nights. And we'd go to the ballpark. He'd never buy a beer, you know, just uh, so I really don't think I, I think it was the smoking that killed him, though, which which is another issue for me. You know, people that smoke. I mean, that's you know, that's a big addiction, too. But uh, that's probably yeah. a story for another time. Well, yeah, we could talk about it. I think that's one of the things it's not mentioned enough. Like when people talk about the drugs they do. I think cigarettes should be on that list. Like, you know, I do weed, I smoked crack, I did heroin, and I also smoke cigarettes. Like, it should be part of the list. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing as the other drugs. It gets you a little buzzed, and it kills you. And it's a habit that's no good for you, but you continue to do it no matter the fact that it's negative consequences. Yeah, I mean, it it, it basically is in the same category as, as alcohol, that they are both carcinogenic neurotoxins. You know, they'll, 
that's the way they hit you you know they're 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 not good for you in any way what does it have like the same type of dopamine release or something like that like based on no it's it's just the way it affects your brain and body parts and everything it just it's like you know uh, leaves you more susceptible for cancers and neurotoxin i mean toxin is really is a poison so you know you're poisoning yourself when you when you take this stuff but you know we live in a society that alcohol just flows you know it's a it's a big business real big business you know the alcohol uh, you know the liquor industry so we're constantly seeing advertisements not just that i mean even even in movies i, I don't think i've ever seen a movie without somebody drinking you know for some yeah, reason exactly it's it's and i would say um one of the things is a classy guy in all the movies, whenever you have like this classy guy, he's always drinking scotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This little, little neat, yeah, in a, in a little glass, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's something that, it, it's so funny that it used to be banned, you know, we had prohibition, because it's something yeah. that's, something that now I feel is built into the fabric of our society. It is, it is. And, and, I, and I think what happened with, cigarettes you know because back in the 50s even doctors were <laughs> advertising for cigarettes and then yeah. you know got all this information i think slowly we're, we're gaining all this information about alcohol and i see because i like the taste of beer um i drink guinness 0. 0.0 i drink heineken 0. 0.0 um i think that market share is growing the na market share in beer they still haven't made a good wine though that's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was always lucky because i didn't like the taste of liquor i was oh. an alcoholic i was like a full-blown you know five to ten drinks a night straight shots bourbon or whiskey alcoholic but i never liked the taste i remember i would hold my breath because that mm -hmm. kind of helps you not taste it while it's going down the hatch yeah yeah exactly like doing a shot yeah yeah because that's all i did was shots mm -hmm. yeah 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 so yeah i mean i i grew up kind of normal you know went to school uh got my bachelor's in accounting uh eventually became a cpa and i worked at that for many years um i was previously married my my wife had uh, huntington's disease and um i i think that probably affected me i mean it's a kind of a slow death kind of disease if you're not familiar with it and um so that was um that was what, some difficult times. If you don't mind me asking, what type of, what did the disease do? Oh, it's, it's kind of, uh, if you can picture a combination of Parkinson's and dementia, it, it, what it does, it affects your brain and, and your motor skills. So eventually you're just dwindled down to nothing, you know? So, I mean, in the last like five years of, of marriage, I, I wasn't really even like, having a, a marital relationship it was more like i was the care the caregiver you know so that that was something you know that was that was a big change that was something new to me having I mean, just to be a care you know to be a caregiver and uh, dealing with um her children because she was previously married who who didn't do uh, didn't do a whole lot for her hardly visited and my daughter who was um not related to uh, my wife at the time. Uh, my daughter said, dad, sell the house, 
move in with us. They got the two family that we moved into um, the apartment next door to my daughter. My daughter made dinner every night and it was just, it was better, but she, you know, obviously still was deteriorating, you know? So. Um, Going back a little bit, cause I'm yeah. not sure when it was, what was the first time you ever used alcohol or drugs or anything like that? Was it back in your school days or when was that? Yeah, I get, I get, you know, I guess in school days, in high school and in uh, in college, you know, it, but but nothing heavy duty, you know, you'd smoke um, smoke some weed on the weekends, and you know, go go to some bars on the weekends, but usually nothing during the week, just you know, pretty much studying during the week. Um, I I did have back surgery back in '91, and then I got addicted to like the painkillers, you know the oxys and muscle relaxers and tranquilizers and all that. And, um, but, you know, and I was on them for years, but eventually on my own, I decided I'm just going to wean myself off this. And, you know, that's what I did. Little, I mean, it took me like four or five months. I just, I would just keep cutting it and cutting it and cutting it down to little by little. And that was it, you know? Um, so I know it can be done, you know, um, but then um, probably, I don't know, three plus years ago, um, I'm, I'm married again. Um, we've been married like three and a half, four years almost. Yeah, it's going on four years. Anyway, um, and it's great. I mean, uh, I have a great relationship. I love my wife. Like she's like, you know, we, we just, we, we, we're in sync on so many things, you know, so it's just wonderful. I just love spending time with her and um but I, I i guess i still had some kind of anxiety or depression problems and i um i would I'd get to sleep on time and maybe because i went to sleep too early and i'd always pop up at like two or three in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep and then they go on the couch i start drinking wine and that became like like a you know a ritual kind of thing you know and then i fall asleep and then eventually you know, the wine turned into vodka. And then um, because I'm retired and I wasn't, you know, I'm a musician, but I wasn't playing out that much. And I only had a few students because I teach as well. Um, I, I just was wanting to kill some time during the day. And I would drink the vodka and just until I passed out on the couch. And, you know, that that became my thing until it be, kind of became a habit, you know, and um, it really wasn't until my wife found all my empty vodka bottles that I, you know, and I still didn't admit I was an alcoholic, you know, or, you know, or having an alcohol use disorder as they now, you know, refer to it as, but um, I did, you know, I did start going to AA meetings um, in, in the next town and, um, you know, met some nice people, but a lot of it was about all their war stories. You know, a lot of their sharing was about how, how bad things got. And I, you know, I was like looking for something positive to take out of it. And I just, I just couldn't, I mean, I read that, I read the whole big book. I mean, I could, I could, you know, talk to you about things in the big book. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I could have discussions with, with staunch AA people and, you know, refer to different parts of, of the big book that they might not even know about. Um, 
uh, I did have a problem with the higher power and it's not because I'm not a spiritual person and it's not because I don't believe in a higher power, Jim. It's because I don't think the higher power, whatever that may be, he, she, it, it's not really concerned with the day-to-day -day things that are going on. I mean, I think there's a lot of other things to be concerned with if, if, if they were going to be concerned, like the 40,000 children who die of starvation every year throughout the world, you know. So I think we're kind of on our own. You know, we've got free will. We make our decisions. You know, you, you make your mess, you clean it up. So that was, that was always my feeling. But um, so the AA meetings didn't help. And I just basically started drinking again. And then, you know, and my wife found out it was like, you know, you really need to go to rehab. And that's, that's one of the things I agree with. I remember when I used to go to the AA meetings, all these people kept saying was it's a spiritual program. But all they talked about was religion. It's like you're not talking about spirituality. You're talking yeah, about religion. There is a difference. Yeah, um, yeah. One thing that really hit me was at the end of the meeting, they would end with the Our Father. And it's like, oh, my God. One time there was a Hasidic Jew in the room. Oh. So how can you end with the Our Father? It's completely disrespectful in my mind. Right, right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially when you say it's not a religious program. And I'm not knocking AA. Like you said, I know the basic text. I know that 164. I've read all those pages four or five times <laughs> within the past two years. I even have a special edition of the big book that looks like it did when it was published in 1939. Oh, wow. It, it was red. Yeah, it was red, actually. Mm. Red and yellow on the cover. Yeah. Or red and white, I forget. I yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, anyway, back in rehab. Um, rehab How old were you at this point? What's your age oh, at this point? I'm, I'm, I'm 68, so rehab was probably age 65. So you, you were drinking for a long time. Yeah, for a while, yeah, 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 for for definitely over a year, yeah. So in your lifetime, I mean, you when was your first time you ever realized you had a problem? Um, with drinking, probably, you know, when my wife brought it to my attention that I had all these empty bottles around, and I was finishing off all the wine in the house and everything, and, you know, and I still didn't want to admit it, but. Um, you know, eventually, eventually I realized, you know, um, I got to stop doing this, you know, um, I've got a problem with it. I've got to, I've got to do better. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't. I mean, I was, I was getting to the point where I was driving drunk and that was, that started scaring me. And then, and then one time, um, I just drank some vodka straight and, um, totally passed out, fell. I, I fell on one of my guitars, um, you know. Uh -huh. I'm, a musician. I'm also a musician, so I know that I know the yeah. love you develop for your guitars. Oh my! I cracked open my '99 Takamine 12 string, which is my go-to guitar when I play out. Yeah, I just destroyed it. And um, the thing is, um, the you know EMT came over, my daughter came over, everybody came. I don't remember thing that short-term memory never connected with my long-term memory so it's gone it's it's I, I i can't even tell you what happened you know other than you know them my wife and my daughter telling me what happened i woke up in the hospital in in an emergency and um 
you know, eventually I was able to, you know, walk back and forth across the room and the guy was like, okay, you can go now, you know, but you know, that still didn't totally sink in. Um, you know, I, I don't, I can't really say when it sunk in. Um, cause I was always kind of fighting it, but then, you know, I, I, I guess, um, you know, right around when I, I, went to AA meetings and then went back to drinking, it kind of hit me that why am I still drinking? You know, um, but I was, and I was still hiding it. And then my wife found out, and that's when I went to rehab. Um, so I, I went to this rehab place for 21 days and it was basically like an all day long AA meeting. The only difference was the food was good. Uh. That was pretty much it. And I, you know, I got to meet a couple of good guys like around my age that I, I still keep in contact with, especially one guy who's also a musician. Uh, he's in like like an hour and a half from me, but we get together every couple of months and, and, and hang out. And um, so, you know, what, what I did, because um, fortunately, I don't know why, I got, I, they gave me the uh, handicap room, which was by yourself. And you bed to yourself, no roommate. So I spent as much time as I possibly could in that room by myself. You know, um, you had to go to meetings or they'd pull you out of the room. But as much as I could stay in there, um, I would. And I, fortunately, I, I took, when I left for rehab, I took this book that I had read a couple of years ago called The Art, the Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama and Dr. Howard Cutler. I read it. You read it, so you know it. The yeah, big, these these right here were blessed by the Dalai Lama. I've oh, read, I read a number of his books, a number of yeah. his books. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. I'm reading one now. Yeah, I mean, uh, so you know, I I, I kind of in not just reading it, man. I was underlining it, writing down points, and 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 yeah. realizing, you know, realizing that the whole thing is about is about reducing your negativity and replacing it with positivity. Yeah. And, and that always, that, that just kind of stuck in my mind. And um, so when I got, you know, when I got back home, I, I realized, okay, what did I get out of that? Well, maybe not, maybe not nothing, but, uh, oh, I did have a therapist there that I met with once a week and, and she knew that the AA thing wasn't resonating with me. So she says, you know, Joey, she said, there are other ways there are, you know, there's CBT, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, and there are, are other, uh, other programs like smart recovery, like refuge recovery. So she was, you know, going on the computer and helped me figure out, you know, what I'm going to do there. So I, you know, I, I realized, you know, I had to be a better person because something, something wasn't right with me. And I know I was using the alcohol to cover it up and whatever it was, it was, but, uh, I knew I knew I had to do better. So what I, you know, my goal, but my goal was, you know, not just to be sober, like the Dalai Lama says, if you just use the word no, and tell yourself, no, you can't do this. That's that has negative connotations. Um, and if you don't replace it with something positive, you, all you're doing is repressing things, you know, and it's kind of like a spring. It's just going to bounce back. So I knew I, ha I had to, my goal was, you know, not just to be sober, but to, to lead a, a happy, a healthy and a sober free 
you know, I mean, and a, yeah, and a sober, not sober free, and a sober lifestyle. So what I did, I mean, this was me. I mean, maybe it doesn't work for everybody. I, I started on a self-improvement journey. You know, The Art of Happiness was my first book. You know, the next book was a book about cognitive behavioral therapy. And James, I, I, I can't keep, I couldn't even keep track of the amount of um, books, articles, publications that I read to um, kind of uh, fortify myself, strengthen myself, help, help me learn things, help me, help me be better to, you know, I was reading, studying, I mean, things like, like I said, CBT, meditation, mindfulness, uh, kindness and generosity, compassion, gratitude, all the, all the Buddhist principles, uh, living in the present. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I got to the point where I was studying neuropsychology and, um, you know, things about um, using mindfulness to get through anxiety and depression. And, and then I read a lot of books, basically just, just on happiness. Like um, I can't remember, I don't remember the guy's name, but he wrote, don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, simple thing like that, but I got a lot out of it. You know, uh, I realized all the, all the things that were, were, were happy in life. And um, then my wife and I started to, um, what, just one weekend, she said, yeah, how about we go for a hike? And we went, did this one hike. And then next week I said, you know, that was great. It really made me feel like, you know, grounded. And, and you know, we've been doing it ever since, like a year and a half now. We, we go pretty much every weekend. We go out in the woods for about a couple hours, sometimes two, three hours. Sometimes we get lost. Sometimes, sometimes I need both hands and feet to get up the hill. Um, but it just, it, it, to me, nature is, it, it was a big part of my recovery. You know, I mean, it, it, the self-improvement, but I did nature, nature as well was, you know, kind of a big part of it. And I, I think what also helped me was, um, I guess, you know, growing up, you know, we used to say, I'm taking notes. Today, they, they call it journaling. Okay, yep. so, right? So I guess I was journaling. And, and, I, and I wrote uh, a lot of notes, basically about every single book um, that I, or article that I read, and probably... Um, I got all those notes and it probably took me uh, 15, 16, 17 months. And I took all those notes and I edited them and, you know, I, I put them, I put them into a book because, uh, you know, I, I felt like, Hey, if I could do it, I can't, it can't be me. I can't be, I, I'm not the only one who could do this on, 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 on their own. I mean, other people got to be able to do it. Problem is, uh, if you go to AA, you do not feel self-empowered you feel, you know, just low, just low, like, you know, you feel like a moral failure, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I wrote this book, if I could just, I don't know if you could see it. Yeah, let's see there. You have the power to fully recover from your alcohol use disorder. Yes. At the, yes. Bottom, at the bottom, it says no steps required. No steps required because there are no steps. It's not a program. It's an individual thing. I think recovery is an individual thing. And, you know, it, it's um, not to push the book, but you can get this on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, all those, all those places. I think it even comes in an ebook as well. Um, I mean, it's, it's got a quite a few, a couple of good reviews on it as well. So, um, and, and, and the main thing about the book is that I, I talk about um, having, having these 
commitments, these three commitments that I made to myself and I think it's important. And it's like, number one is like, remain sober, okay? Um, that, that's the one thing. Uh, the second one is to change your lifestyle because obviously the lifestyle that you were living was leading you to alcohol. So you got to do some kind of change there. And the third thing was to, to, to seek happiness and contentment because if you're not happy, if you're a sober, miserable person, I don't get the point. You know, I didn't want exactly. one of them. You know? um, I, I had a friend of mine whose wife, she passed away, but she went to AA for 20 years, never drank again. But she was miserable. Just it's funny because we have 10 steps. And mine don't include the higher power of God. Mm-hmm. It's a little different. Yeah. But the third step is we were entirely ready to abandon and no longer live the lifestyle we had been living. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Got to make a change. I mean, and um, change is not always easy. Um, but sometimes you have to let go of things. Sometimes you have to accept things. Um, you know, those are various chapters in the book. Um, it, it, it talks about um, taking responsibility, taking control of your life, making positive choices. But then it also talks about, I also talk about being being kind to yourself, you know, having self-acceptance, having self-forgiveness, you know, and having self-confidence. Um, you know, it talks about how to deal with cravings and, and thoughts, negative thoughts, um, life's challenges, you know, e- even the most positive person in the world still has negative thoughts. It's just, it's just how we deal with them, you know. Um, I talk about managing stress, and I think a big part is about training your brain um, through neuroplasticity, how you can how you can, um, you know, reduce that, that habit that's in your brain, in your n- neural pathways and create new neural pathways, you know, based on good habits, yep. like exercise. I mean, I exercise probably uh, at least five times a week. You know, we have a gym in the house and, um, you know, it's great. And then, you know, again, going, going out in nature and, um, you know, really cultivating not more on what you did badly when you were an alcoholic and who you hurt and um because i i think those people that you hurt when you were an alcoholic i think they know that that really wasn't you i think they know that was the alcohol doing that shit you know um so i it, this talks about taking a moral and taking an inventory of your positive qualities because that's what I like to focus on. Everybody has positive qualities, but um, you really need to focus on it. And I and I, I kind of break it down into like four different happiness strategies, um, you know. And it's it's really very helpful. I mean, a lot of people have read it who have not had a problem with alcohol and have said, "This is good." I mean, this is good for for me even just to deal with life, you know alcohol drugs every all that stuff everything's a part of life it's all about learning and relearning you know brain's always changing you know changes by uh oh oh there you are um you know your brain changes by experience and, and 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 by what you what you focus on if you focus on the positive um you know, uh, you're, you're going to go in that direction. So there's, you know, there's a lot in the book, but I still read it. <laughs> I still read it myself to remind myself of certain things, you know, yep. 
Um, you know, I quote a lot of it online, um, you know, just to kind of try and help people in these various uh, uh, groups about alcohol uh, abuse. And, um, you know, that's, uh, and I, I can, what I didn't want to, didn't want James was to live in perilous remission for the rest of my life. Because I think perilous remission, <laughs> perilous remission. That's and, great. Yeah, because I think at this point, after so many years, I could say to myself, and I, honestly, I could look at alcohol and say, does not does nothing for me. I have no attraction to it. Nothing. I again, I like the taste of beer. So if you look in my fridge now, you'll see Guinness zero zero and Heineken zero zero, and Athletic Brewing Company. Uh, make some some good as well not that i'm advertising for them but the market share of nas has really really gone up you're starting to see them and anytime i am you know as a musician i play sometimes in a bar and um they usually have you know one type of na there if not i'll drink water yeah. you know so um yeah i don't know any any other questions you might have for me or because i'm no um I mean, I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling, you know, and I've been feeling good in, in, you know, I mean, everybody has bad days, but that's, that's just life's challenges. Those are life's difficulties that are going to be thrown at anybody. Um, and the book talks about resilience, how to, how to cultivate resilience and, you know, fight against these, these normal things. But I, I can honestly say i i feel recovered i don't feel like i'm in recovery anymore i'm i, I call myself a non-drinker i'm a non-smoker i'm a guy who doesn't use crack or, or opiates you know because it's my decision this is the thing so i actually interviewed someone else who also said the same thing that they were recovered hmm. um i think that's an interesting thing to explore is can you ever technically be recovered or is it something you'll battle the rest of your life because going back to the big book and just actually the formation of AA, Dr. Bob and Bill had two separate recoveries. Bill W. had a spiritual experience where the craving was removed. Dr. Right. Bob did not have that, and he fought every day the rest of his life. He said he still had cravings. So they were two, two sides to the spectrum there. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um do you credit, do you credit um, like your research and your writing with your recovery? What do you credit? Like if you had to say, this is, you know, what I really credit with my recovery the most, what would it be? Um, well, part of it would be the support of my, of my wife and, okay. and my family. Um, what's left of my family, which is basically my sister and my daughter. <laughs> um but yeah, um, you know, that's a big support. I did do some online meetings with Refuge Recovery for a few months, and um, th that was pretty good. You know, I, interviewed, they, I interviewed Noah. He, the, he's the founder. I interviewed him on the podcast. Noah yeah, sure. Noah Levine, yeah, he's a good dude. Um, you should definitely look at the podcast. He, was a, he has a good story, and he, uh, he's definitely got some good stuff. Obviously, it's, it's a Buddhist-based approach. Yes. But, but I like what you were talking about before neuroplasticity because that's something like for people that don't get know what that is that's where you can basically remold your brain and, and train it to do something different the best way i described it is our brain has those neural pathways which is basically just imagine you're taking your drive to work every day you do the same thing and it kind of eventually becomes just a habit you know your brain just knows to do it and it becomes once again 
Now, basically with neuroplasticity is you're taking a detour and you have to get used to that new detour. It's going to bring you to the same place, but in a different manner. Right. You got to create a new pathway. Yeah, yeah exactly. And meditation is huge. People realize even in the AA steps, he mentioned, mentions meditation. It yes. is very important because Bill yeah. W., not to keep going on about AA, because I do like certain aspects of it, and I go against certain aspects of it. He right. did every morning, did do meditation, I believe, yeah. for 30 minutes. It was reading scripture, then meditating on it. Right. Obviously, you don't need to read scripture. I don't. Um, right. But meditation is huge as far as retraining your brain. And just it helps with cravings. Yeah, yeah. And, and I actually, I, I think the big part that helped me was learning to live in the present. And, um, you know, because the past only exists in our mind as, as a memory, uh, the future may never come. It's just our anticipation of, of what may or may not happen, but that's what we get anxious over the future. But if we're really living in the present and, um, you've probably read some things from Eckhart Tolle, but I, I might have, it sounds familiar. He's a spiritual leader uh, originally from Germany. I think he lives in uh, British Columbia now. And he, he's written The Power of Now, uh, A New Earth, uh, Stillness Speaks. And, you know, he talks about really living in the present. And not, not that you totally have, you do have to make preparations for the future. And you do have to reflect on the past. And you want to remember enjoyable things. But for the most part, living in the present is when you're there uh, doing something, whatever you're doing, having a conversation with you or, or just drinking a cup of tea, just do that. Just, just yeah. stop mind from going somewhere else, you know? And again, like you said, meditation helps you with that. And, uh, you know, it's and that's uh, the secret. People don't realize for anyone listening, they go, you know, hey, people right now, if we were taking a poll would say, I can't meditate because my brain races too much. They don't realize that's the whole point is once you do your first meditation, I say the secret is that most people don't know is it's supposed to happen. You're yes. going to get flood. It's, it's how you react to those thoughts and eventually yeah. being able to watch them and not feel them so much and kind of choosing which ones to, you know, use. So that's a little, you know, tip for people is your brain's going to race. You can't stop that. It's how yeah. you're going to learn to react to it. And the first time it's going to be hard. You're not yeah. going to be able to do, you know, only do two minutes, do five minutes. Right. Start right. off small. Yeah. I find I cannot meditate after I drink coffee. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Because <laughs> my mind is going, you know, uh, that makes it worse. But, you know, you just got to find your time of day, a nice quiet time when you can, um, you know, focus on the breathing, you know, because, I mean, breath, breath is life. I mean, breath breath is the first thing you take when you're born and it's the last thing you take before you die so i mean that's important breathing is and so just focusing on that or focusing on something um uh kind of quiets the mind but you know meditation is more about not not only about quieting the mind like you said it's exploring what emotions come up and um be, being mindful of, of those things um also acceptance you know just just accepting um you know life for what it is it's kind of i kind of have my own version of the serenity prayer is that you know change the things that you can change um 
accept the things that you can't and move away from the things that are going to hurt you. You know, just certain things you can change, certain things you can't, certain things you just have to accept reality. You know, these things are going to exist, you know, and then just letting go of, I, I call it letting go of anything that makes you weak, you know, all, yeah. all, all, all resentment, uh, anger, bitterness, you know, things like that. Um, that's, you know, really, and, and uh, I, I have, I actually have a chapter that I wrote about, about slowing down. Um, you know, we, we live in a society where everybody's racing around and it, it seems like you know, people are bragging that, oh, I got so much to do. I got so much to do. It's like, it, you know, they feel good about it. It makes them feel good. Like I got so much to do. I don't have time to do anything. You yeah. know, you know what, if you slow down, you, you will have time for, for everything because you, you just slow down and stay focused on what you're doing and, you know, uh, things work out and, and, and then you got to realize that things won't always work out. You won't always have the best of days and that's okay because that'll pass, you know, better days will happen. No. All in due time. So mm -hmm. my last question for you is I ask everyone this question is, yeah. do you have any advice for people that might be watching or listening? Um, I, I, I do. Um, I, I say that the power to do most exists inside of you. We, we are born, we have these inherent qualities of goodness inside of us um, that may have been hidden or covered over by all the experiences that we've gone through in life, but they're in there. We do have good, good qualities, good positive qualities inside and, and, and to focus on that, um, you you can do just about anything. You can you can stop drinking alcohol. You can stop doing drugs. You can stop smoking. I mean, most people most people you know. And, and when I've done research, most people just quit on their own. I mean, without anything, they don't even tell people. You know, just no, I'm not drinking anymore. That's it. You know, and you don't hear about them because how would you? <laughs> they just decided not to do it. But um, it's just that um, I guess my thing is you don't really need to turn your life over to a higher power. I mean, they tell you in AA that you can, you know, you can make a doorknob your higher power, but I, yeah. I don't know. What am I supposed to do? I'm having trouble. Do I pray to my doorknob? I mean, I, I don't get it. You know, I, I just, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't comprehend it. Um, but, but I think despite what's gone through your life i think if you focus on on happiness strategies and again in the book you have the power to fully recover from your alcohol use disorder um i, I explain all those various strategies and you know it, it, it's kind of about helping yourself but you know first of all to heal you got to heal first you got to forgive yourself you got to use self-care you got to be honest with yourself first of all you, you need know, to love you well, you need to love yourself in order to be honest with yourself. Right. You need self-compassion for that. Yeah. Because we have four pillars to our program. And I've mentioned this, and I just mentioned in my last episode. So the four pillars of the Addicts Anonymous program are self-love, discipline, hard work, and community. Mm -hmm. Those right. are the very, those are like the, and they all, you know, what we'll have a conversation about it after if you want to hear about more, but they all tie into each other and like you were saying, you got to be honest with yourself. 
the reason to get honest with yourself is you have to say, I love myself, even if it's just a little bit, that I want yeah. to get better. Otherwise, you wouldn't be looking into getting better if you did not care about yourself. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. Well, yeah. Why be doing it? Yeah. You, you got to be concerned about that. You know? Yeah. Good point. Good point. But yeah, that's um, that's my theory of it all. You know, I, I think we have the power within ourselves. And, um, you know, uh, again, I, I did not want to be in perilous remission for the remainder of my life. I, I, I didn't want to live like that. And, and doing it this way, I feel so much better. I, I feel free, you know, uh, freedom is it's not just about living in a democratic country you know yeah. or non-dictatorial state it's it's freedom within you you know to to make make your choices you know and and again there's a lot of things that happen and a lot of things that you're confronted with and i think um victor frankel who was a, a uh, he survived a nazi concentration camp oh, and wow. Victor Frankl is quoted as saying, if you can't change your situation, change your attitude towards it. And that kind of hit me, you know, a lot of things you can't, but you know, it's about you. The only thing you can change is yourself really. When you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think it's been a good interview. How do you feel? Yeah. No, great. Yeah, I, I, I think I've covered all I want. I, I, I thought that you might, unless you want to hear anything else, but. Um, well, if you want, I mean, Kimo, we got some time. If you wanted to talk about the book a little more, you know, for the next few minutes, it's up to you. I, this is the thing about my podcast is we can do whatever we want. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, um, I could I could basically and the back cover says that this book is about the real possibility of making a full recovery from your alcohol use disorder and living an awesome sober lifestyle. It's about making three commitments. Like I said before, remain sober, change your lifestyle, seek happiness and contentment. Um, and you learn about all those factors that lead to happiness and contentment. And, and again, it's about taking responsibility, not pretending that somebody else is gonna do it for you, becoming self-empowered, making your own choices. You know, you created the mess, you clean it up. Um, and it, it, it's, it's about freedom. And uh, obviously a big part of it is increasing the positivity and decreasing the negativity. You know, and, and again, that's through neuroplasticity, training your brain. Um, we put it, I, I got that started, that got started in me, in my mind through The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama, which I recommend for anyone to read. I mean, that's just a great book. Um, I actually read that and I read the art of happiness at work where he talks about. Yeah. I didn't read to, that. Yeah. It's I, a good, it's a good read. Yeah. I, I did not read that one because I'm not working anymore in a working environment. You know, I, I, I teach yeah. students and I, I, I play music. I play out and play guitar and sing. And, um, you know, it, and it talks about don't, don't allow the sadness of your past or the fear of your future to, to diminish the happiness of your present, you know, cause that's where you're at right now. This is all we have is the present moment right now. There's, there's no saying that this won't be my last breath, you know, or yours or anyone's, you know? Uh, so we got to live, live for now. Um, you know, it's got, it's got a lot of good strategies. I mean, um, 
it, it, it talks about just if I could go through the uh, little table of contents here. Um, um, it, it, it talks about that, you know, you can recover and you will recover. Um, it tells you what the book's not about. It's not about, it's not about a program. It's about suggestions um, because not everything is for everyone. You know, um, it's about awareness. To, uh, I, I talk about why we drink alcohol. Again, those three commitments. Um, I, I have a whole chapter about my decision, my personal decision to start a self-improvement journey. Um, I talk about things in early sobriety that, uh, that are essential, like healing, managing stress, cravings, self-care. What I didn't mention before was positive affirmations. Not so much for me, but I know a lot of people benefit from them. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're truisms, but sometimes we don't believe them. And, but the more you, you, you know, we, I learned this in cognitive behavioral therapy is that the more you uh, tell yourself these things, the more you'll start realizing, hey, these things are true. And once you realize that these things are true, these good things about you, you know, you improve. Yeah. Uh, again, um, I, I do think you need a support team, especially early in sobriety. Um, you know, even if you just tell one person, a friend, your spouse, your, your child, whatever, someone you can confide in and say, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to stop drinking. And it may, it may be a little hard at the beginning, but I just want you to know that. Um, I also think it's good to have, to meet with, you know, a group of people who, who are like-minded and have the same goal of, you know, remaining sober, whether it be an AA meeting or re refuge recovery, smart recovery, um, you know, th th there's a number of them, but it it's good, for, you know, at least I think for a while to have that support of other people, you know. Absolutely. Um, like I just said, you know, one of the fourth pillar of my program is community. Hmm. So it sounds like our sounds like our things align with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I talk about overthinking, too. And that's that's a big problem. We, we oh, yeah, that's a great topic. I never even thought about writing about that, but that's a great topic. Overthinking is huge. Yeah, rumination about ruminating about things that over and over again in your head that you 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 that you really you really can't change and, and thinking about it is not gonna not gonna change them. Um, you know, I talk a little bit about patience and, and tolerance, and you gotta have that. You know, um, because you're gonna deal with people that don't think exactly like you think, and and, and that's a good thing. I don't want people, everybody to think exactly like I think, yep. you know, because um, that's when you learn more is when someone doesn't think like you and they yeah. might mention something that you can learn from. That's the whole point right. of having an open dialogue with people. Yeah. And like, um, you know, like you, we mentioned before about Buddhist principles and one, one of them has to do obviously with kindness, but coupled with generosity, um, you know, regardless of, of who you're contributing to or volunteering your time to, you know, that, that's part of it too. Yeah. Um, and that's like a, that's, that, that's a win-win situation. If you're doing something for somebody else, you're feeling good about yourself too. So yep. that's another thing. And I think a big thing is, is having gratitude for, for what you have and not always thinking, Hey, you know, if I only had this, then I'd be better. Or if I only could get this, or if I don't, you know, um, 
but then I would, you know, feel better about myself, but that's, that's not it. You could, you know, uh, you have the capability of feeling, feeling good about yourself, right, right within, you know, um, and, and again, I always, I always like to stress uh, for anybody at, at any age, um, I mean, I'm 68 years old and I'm, you know, I'm bench pressing my weight. So there you go. You know, it's, you go. Uh, it's a good, it's a good thing. It keeps you young. And, and it, and, and, and the thing of it is the more you move your body, the more it quiets your mind. When your body's moving, it's focused on what it's doing, you know? Um, and it, it, especially if you're, if you're lifting weights and have you drop them on yourself you're going to kill yourself so yeah uh, your mind is quieted down you know the, the things ordinary things of the day you know you know they're not going to bother you you're not going to be overthinking it just um it, it's a big help and going into nature i mean that that's 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 a hiking in nature it's like you're getting the exercise and at the same time um you've probably known about walking meditations you could you can meditate walking and, and if you're walking through nature i mean I don't know, what what better place to be no that's great yeah it's great so it sounds like you got a good program so before we go one yeah. more time read show show your book and read the title to it so people yeah. could see in here okay right. it's, you have the power to fully recover from your alcohol use disorder no steps involved uh, by Joseph R. Rizza. Again, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, Author House. They're the ones who published it. Uh, it's even at Walmart.com. It's on. You can get it as an ebook, a Kindle. Oh, you know. there you go. Yeah. So it's. Um, so it's, I, it sounds like it's readily available. It, yeah, it is. It is, and I, I, I kind of recommend it for for anybody, even somebody who, um, like my wife mentioned in her you know, uh, in her review to me about the book, she was saying, you know, it's really good for anybody who has anxiety or, or depression, or uh, is just having a little problem dealing with people, you know, <laughs> who doesn't have that problem? No, exactly. We all do. That's something we all do. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. I want to thank you real, okay. uh, real, a lot. Actually, thank you a lot because it was a great interview. I like, uh, oh, it's I been like fun. you, yeah, I like what you got going on with the book and the uh, path it seemed to be on. It seemed to be a good path for you. And I'd like to learn more about your, your, your program as well. Yeah, we'll chat after this. So for everyone watching and listening, if you like what you heard and saw, click subscribe down below. Also give us a like. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram. You'll find us under Addicts Anonymous. Also, go to our Facebook group under the events tab. You'll see that we host weekly or I apologize, nightly Zoom meetings. Um, you'll see all the information to sign in right there. So that's all I have for today. And until next time.